Who's wrong and who's wronger? In this corner, followed by millions, James the Exploding Unicorn Breakwell. And in that corner, ignored by millions, Steve Dash Rinko Levers. Hey everybody, welcome back to Wrong and Wronger, and you're in for a treat today because you got me, Steve the Man Olivas, and you got him, James the Sidekick Breakwell. James! <laughs> what? You've been elevated to the position of vice president. You could just be one of the minions. I would feel proud if I were you. I will gladly take a position as your arch nemesis. I will be the chief villain and I will accept nothing less. <laughs> well, chief villain is kind of the role you play anyway. <laughs> as uh, it seems that the people who are voting got a little confused last week over who was which number and they accidentally voted you the winner. But the point <laughs> is... That that's exactly what we do on this podcast, that we go head to head, mano e mano and other body parts that I don't even know what that means. But we debate topics that everybody has an opinion about, but nobody has closure on. And as a therapy type, I like closure. And James, what is the topic we are going to give the people, all six of them, closure on today? We are on week number two of Steve's Bad Idea Train. Last week it was chicken <laughs> versus the egg. This week it's King Kong versus Godzilla. And you have no idea how many other bad ideas I had to shoot down to get to that point. This is, this is the best of a terrible batch. So six people who listen to us, you are welcome. I was out there representing you. Wait a minute. I my first idea was fabulous. It was Magilla Gorilla versus Grape Ape and you shooting that down was based on the dumbest reason ever. But nobody nobody under 50 knows who they are. I mean, I could I could look at 100 cartoon apes and I could not pick those two apes out of a lineup. I maybe <laughs> maybe have heard of Magilla Gorilla. I couldn't I couldn't tell you what he looks like. I couldn't describe him to a police sketch artist. What are we going to debate? This is we got to appeal to some people who don't have one foot in the grave. And that that's what I'm here advocating for. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> you have never heard of Grape Ape? No, I've never heard. Is that is that a mascot for like a soda company? I, I just, oh, maybe a wine. Oh. That sounds like a good name for a wine. This is, you know, that hurt a little more than I thought <laughs> it was going to because <laughs> I think you're actually telling the truth with this one. You have never before. I brought it up when we were texting earlier today. You have never heard of Grape Ape. I don't even think I heard of your text message. I don't think I read the entire text message to see the words Grape Ape. The first one you shot down was Pebbles versus Bam Bam, and I I figured out what that one was. Those were the kids on the Flintstones. But they then yeah. You didn't know who that was either. I had to think for a minute. You know when the last time I watched the Flintstones were not funny when they came out 30 years ago or whatever that was, and they're certainly not funny now. They are not. And I probably just insulted the, the one living Flintstones writer out there. It's going to send me all this hate mail. So I should really tone down my Flintstones hate. But it's for a different era when people didn't like actual entertainment. When the fact that they were moving pictures on the screen was more than enough oh for them. That's, that's all it took. So I, I appreciate that you grew up in, a, in an era of lower entertainment. And I have to take that into account and be sensitive to your lower standards. So I apologize, Steve. That's my bad. You know, a little part of me just died. <laughs> well, I can't. That's unfortunate. I was trying to kill off a big part, but I guess I'll take that. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think God's beating you to it, my friend. <laughs> I thought Pebbles versus Bam Bam was a no-brainer. 
and you shot that one down. So I said McGill and Gorilla Grape Ape, which I think is a great idea. But McGill and Gorilla, I thought, was a little bit marginal on whether or not Breakwell, who's like 12 years old, has ever heard of. He was born in 2006. <laughs> But the fact that you've never heard of Grape Ape, he rose to far higher levels of prominence than Magilla Gorilla. When is the last time you heard a human being other than yourself reference Magilla Gorilla or Grape Ape? First of all, it's not Grape Ape. You gotta go, Grape Ape, when you say it like that, because that's... <laughs> we should do a podcast where you bring out dated pop culture references, and I just hate on them. That'll be the whole podcast. It'll be this right here for 20 minutes at a time. You remember when? I'll be like, no, I don't remember when. That's a terrible idea. Stop talking oh, about it. God. Gold. And I don't think you're lying. That's the part of this that's the most irritating. I never lie to you. I bring only the truth to this podcast. Ah, anyway, <laughs> what the hell were we talking about? I don't even remember now. Godzilla versus King oh, Kong. So <laughs> Godzilla. <laughs> That's right. What was the topic today? King Kong versus Godzilla, which you originally shot down because you said nobody knows who they are. And I said there were reboots recently on both of those characters. People know who they are, but they're not seen as opponents anymore. Like Godzilla versus King Kong was like a 50s or 60s thing. Like now they have completely separate movie franchises that aren't particularly good. Nobody sees them as competing. Nobody really, really wants to watch them on their own. But you know what? I didn't have a better idea, so we're going to give Steve this one thing because he has so little else going on in his life. So the topic is yours. Let's debate this one. I had to go to that happy place in my mind <laughs> just a moment ago to continue surviving this episode. Well, we do have to give each other compliments, as easy as that's going to be now. But James, I'm going to let you go first because I have to just sit and think of something nice to say to somebody of your age. Like I have to sort of bend down when we shake hands so that I don't insult you that you're that small and young of a person. But what is your compliment to me? I would like to compliment you for going one full week without a toilet seat related injury. I didn't know you had it in you. Last week, you threw out your back opening a toilet seat. Previously, you had uh, you had kidney stones. You were laid up for weeks. You, uh, you were sitting on bags of frozen peas. I mean, you have been just a, a physical train wreck for so long. And every week, somehow, your broken, hobbled body shambles over to your Journey 2 or 3 or 4 studios to sit in front of the camera and be browbeat for me uh, by me for 15 or 20 minutes at a time. It's just brutal. You a glutton for punishment so props to you for just barely hanging in there for being held together with you know bailing wire and duct tape but here you are for another round of verbal abuse so good for you steve we're all rooting for you let, let me just put a little pin in the fact that you've heard of bailing wire but you haven't heard of gray bait you make and fun I, of me I, constantly I, I say anything more about it. constantly for my farming roots constantly you think i don't know what bailing wire is come on now I own a pig, Steve. I, how, when was the last time you had a conversation with someone down at the co-op about bailing wire? <laughs> I actually, uh, that was one job I had a few odd times in high school. I knew a guy who had llamas and he had to have us move, uh, you know, move hay bales. <laughs> so I did that a few times. But more importantly, that's just, this is a saying that people know. Grape ape is not something people know. Bailing wire is things people know because you got to hold the bales together with something. And that's what's holding you together. You're, you're a straw man argument held together by wire. So bailing wire is the perfect description of you.
Yeah. All right. Your llama friend has heard of Grey Bay. <laughs> let me give you a compliment, James, and I'm going to have to pull this from deep in the recesses <laughs> of my soul, but I'm going to compliment you on an entire week's run on Twitter, and I don't follow you on Instagram because I don't even know what that is. Twitter and Facebook just shamelessly pushing what? this book of yours. What? Something about zombie parenting is bad. or what, what What do you got going on over there? First of all, I have never in my yeah. life mentioned this book because I am far too humble to do that. <laughs> if, you, if you happen to discover the book on your own, the more power to you. But I would never <laughs> use my social media channels to promote okay. more of my humor. Okay. But you might okay. have heard through the grapevine, but not through the grape ape, that I wrote a book called Bare Minimum Parenting, <laughs> The Ultimate Guide to not quite ruining your child. And it's come to my attention, Steve, that you have fans. Fans who are not fans of me, but are fans of you. So I'm reaching out to those fans now, all three or four of you. Uh, this is a book you need in your life. Even if you're past child-rearing age, if your kids are successfully gone and out of the house, this is a book about how overachieving parents are doing it all wrong, and the people who take it easy and relax a little bit are doing it right. You will feel so validated by reading this book. You will feel smarter and sexier than everybody else. Maybe not sexier, but definitely smarter. So you should pick this up. <laughs> it's going to be available on Barnes & Noble, Amazon. You can pre-order it now. It comes out November 6th. Uh, and just remember, uh, it will it will make you a parent like me. So to take that as a warning, <laughs> you, might, you might go down a road you're not prepared for, but I think you can handle it. I, I am rooting for you as much as I am rooting for Steve. Don't take that the wrong way. <laughs> what? I, I don't even know what that means. Wow, how insulting to our listeners, James. <laughs> there are listeners. So the book comes out. They're great. Go ahead. The listeners are great. The listeners are great. You're you're not so great, but the listeners are great. So I I, I, I side with them, not with you. Interesting. <laughs> Interesting. All right, I'm just writing all this down. All right, so November sixth, that sucker comes out, and the time to pre-order has passed, but people no, can no, no, still no. order it wherever books they, are. Ordered. They can they can still pre-order it everywhere. The time to pre-order has not passed. The time to get a signed copy has passed. Unless you live in Canada oh, where they sorry. have an odd extension. But yeah, if you're in the U.S. and wanted a signed copy, that ship has sailed. But you can get the unsigned copy, which is still pretty great because it doesn't have my handwriting on it. And let's be honest, most people don't really, they want as little contact with me as possible. They want the jokes, less That's of true. me. So an unsigned copy is perfect for your needs. All right, so pre-order that sucker, and it'll show up in your mailbox like it's going to in mine. Yes. And uh, I think you said Amazon is like the main platform, or what? What do you? Uh, where do you launch it from? James? Oh, it's it's going to be everywhere. It'll be in physical bookstores, but also yeah, online, Amazon, BarnesandNoble.com. If you're in Canada, Chapters or Indigo, uh, all all the normal places. It should be out there. So uh, please snag that book. I will seriously be grateful. We appreciate any of your support because uh, we don't make any money directly off this podcast. We make it indirectly by selling these books. So. So anytime you want to you want to throw one of those this way, it, it helps us keep this terrible, terrible podcast running. Wait, do, do we both make money when you sell books? <laughs> so I make money when I sell books. You make money like twice a year when you win a one dollar bet with me. So we're all coming out ahead here. <laughs> wow, I actually have feel a little refreshed after that conversation. Never before have compliments made me feel so much better about myself. So that's great. That's, that's, All right. <laughs> that's good. That's good. Uh, I had something else I thought we needed to slip in there, but I don't. I don't remember what it is anymore. Anyway, just let's, let's rush through here. Let's get to this topics. We're almost at time. <laughs> We're almost out of time. Guam quarter fate. What do the two sides represent for you? Heads, King Kong. Tails, Godzilla. Let's go. Heads, King Kong. All right. Quarter hit the ceiling. I caught it. It is heads. 
King Kong shall be your awesome. uh, corner mate. So I'm, I'm going to win this debate just like I won last week. Yes, we always check the results. I know you guys voted for me overwhelmingly in Steve's drug-addled state. He couldn't string an argument together. Honestly, <laughs> oh, I didn't think he was that much different than usual, but the fans clearly did. So thank you for your high standards. <laughs> But King Kong is way better than Godzilla. I mean, first of all, he has opposable thumbs. He has five fingers. He's very human-like in that. He's like his, he's he's a relative of ours. He has that mammalian DNA, so he can he can manipulate things. He can climb. Godzilla is just a big clumsy monster. He just stomps. But King Kong climbs. He ducks. He dodges. He hides. He has feelings. He interacts with human beings. There's a whole depth of emotion and personhood there. Godzilla is a mindless killing machine, which, depending on which iteration you watch, either either spits radiation or swings his tail and knocks down buildings, depending if it's New York or Tokyo, whichever version you're watching. He just he has nothing to offer. He's mindless destruction. It's like rooting for an atom bomb. King Kong, there's soul there. He's you can tell that he's been wronged by the world, by his life circumstances, and you can <laughs> relate. He is all of us. Godzilla is none of us. King Kong is much better than than Godzilla. King Kong, first of all, I know that it's mostly women who follow you, James, and so I just want to say Godzilla has never grabbed a woman like <laughs> King Kong did. Somehow, if King Kong ever runs for political office, this story is going to come out. It's going to ruin him. Why would you go after a beautiful blonde woman like King Kong did? How dare he? Godzilla, equal opportunity destroyer. You're absolutely <laughs> right, and that puts him head and shoulders above King Kong in the first place. But Godzilla, he had real foes, Mr. I-want-to-be-your-arch-nemesis, Breakwell. He had... Gamera, he had Rodan, he had the smog monster. Like these are all things you personally have never heard of, but you gotta <laughs> trust me when I say they were out there and they were awesome. Godzilla, he also had the beauty in the early movies. It was the first movie series I'd ever seen where people's mouths did not match the words <laughs> because it was recorded in the original Japanese and dubbed over in English. And so it just set my mind whirling of if you turn the sound off, you could make up the dialogue for it just as well as the people who were overdubbing were, the VO actors. And so it was great. It was good for my imagination. Godzilla could breathe fire. How freaking awesome is that? Does King Kong have a special superpower? No. All King Kong does is beat his chest and rip World War II era planes out of the sky and ruin iconic American architecture. Why would you want something that's going to take out the Empire State Building. I dare you. Godzilla went into, in the Matthew Broderick iteration, Madison Square Garden and left it intact because that became Godzilla's breeding ground. Even though I'm pretty sure he's a dude, I don't know how all that works, but I'm not a biologist, James. I just know Godzilla is the best. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna disagree with every single word you just said there. The you know, believe it or not, I actually I had a friend in high school who went through a Godzilla stage, not the new modern fancy Matthew Broderick Godzilla, but the old timey yeah. Japanese Godzilla movies. I saw a whole bunch of them, and I regret Ooh. watching every single one of them. My only <laughs> thought every time was. That poor dude, there's some guy with a 200-pound rubber suit stomping through a cardboard city. Like, they just, 
the working conditions there had to be miserable for them. They had to have like an actor die a week in that suit. There's no way you could survive the the liquid loss, the sweat and the heat exhaustion, all of that. Wow. God's or the King Kong, King Kong, early King Kong was claymation. There was nobody stuck inside of that. And then it jumped straight to computer animation. They spared the actors, which is great because then the acting could be done through the special effects, through the display. It was it was a whole holistic approach to movie making that didn't require you to abuse somebody stuck inside of that costume. As for seizing the beautiful blonde, you will know if you've seen any King Kong movies, but I'm sure you've seen every single one of them, that in all of them, the blonde and King Kong end up bonding. They recognize the mutual humanity. They, they come together on that. It's not yeah, the best start for a relationship. I'm not going to lie. That's not the way to do it in this era. <laughs> but it works out okay in the end. Godzilla, however, forms a connection with no one. The best you can offer is, oh, he took over a, a sports stadium and wasn't killing people inside it because he was he was doing some sort of weird breeding technique. Okay, good for him. He still wasn't anybody's friend. <laughs> He's still a menace that has to be removed. He doesn't teach us anything about ourselves. Godzilla is an accident that came from radiation. King Kong is a wonder of nature. He spawned there on his skull <laughs> island without any human intervention. He is what nature intended. Godzilla is an abomination of nature. And that's where the line is. King Kong is better than Godzilla. James, you are such a hopeless romantic. <laughs> Using such seductive phrases like weird breeding technique. Uh, I, it's like a honeymoon in my head when I think about all that stuff. But... Uh, now, King Kong, Godzilla, maybe Godzilla's more reptilian in the way that he approaches the world, but when it comes to, if you want to talk actors, Godzilla's latest movie had Brian Cranston in it. King Kong's latest movie had a giant snake that he slurped <laughs> up like a spaghetti noodle, like in Lady and the Tramp. Like, there's no comparing the two movies. Godzilla, if you want to take just a sheer cinematic experience look at this debate, Godzilla also wins hands down because he's freaking awesome. He's much more versatile as a character. He has more depth. There have been... But James... Oh, go ahead. I Go ahead. Yeah. I, I, I would far be... Uh, we're going to have to wrap in a minute. Uh, I'll give you the last word, though, because it's going to seal the deal that my argument wins. Okay, so let's take the weight of all movies. I have not seen the most recent Godzilla movie, but if we take the entire catalog of movies, the 10,000 rubber suit Godzilla movies, they, they made like two of them a week, and then the two recent Godzilla movies, that scale is leaning real hard to the terrible side. Whereas Godzilla, there were a couple movies what? early and a couple movies late, and the, the, they balance out. The, the body of work speaks for itself. If you were to put a gun to somebody's head and say, you have to watch the entire franchise of either King Kong or Godzilla, they're going to pick King Kong because it's fewer movies and it's more high-quality movies. Whereas Godzilla, you've got to suffer through three decades of awful dubbed uh, rubber suit Godzilla to get to the one awesome. good movie, yes. if it's even that good. Because if you're saying it's good, I'm going to have to doubt your judgment right there. So I'm going to put... Uh, Godzilla in the same category as Grape Ape and say he's a loser and nobody likes him. <laughs> King Kong all the way. Wow, well tell us what you think, America, Canada, Europe, and everyone else who's listening, all eight of you, probably down to six by now. But vote, go to Facebook, go to Twitter. Breakwell's always got the polls up and I retweet them into my Twitter feed. I, I would retweet to my Facebook people, but like all six of them probably already vote on Twitter for <laughs> me. But make sure, I, I've never been more confident that I'm about to win this poll, James. So thank you. Thank you for being a gracious loser this week.
Well, thank you for being a loser in general. So we each have our strengths. I'm pretty sure I won this week. <laughs> oh, we got to roll. We got to roll the oh. dice. What are you doing? You're closing us out of here. With no, with no oh, numbers. wow, I am. Roll the dice. Okay, so full disclosure, D&D we're, we're discombobulated. We recorded nine minutes of this episode. It was gold. Comedy gold, and my record button was not going. It is erased, lost from time. Well, I guess Steve has half the conversation, the bad half. But yeah, the rest is gone. All right, if you want to vote for me and King Kong, vote for 96. If you want to vote for Steve and Godzilla, for some unknown reason, 85. And if you want to throw your vote away... Vote for 86. 86. 96 for Breakwell, if you want to throw your vote away. I think that's what he said. 85 for Steve, because Godzilla is just as cool as Great Babe and has the same range of vocabulary words. And uh, the other throwaway vote, if you don't feel like throwing it away on James, you can throw it away on 86. All right, that is going to do it for us. We've kept way too much of your time. We've taken it away from you this week, but we'll make up for it with a better show next week. <laughs> Until next week. We can't keep that this promise. Is Steve <laughs> <laughs> Dr. Steve for James the Exploding Unicorn Breakwell saying, thanks for watching, thanks for listening, and as always, remember, because James told me I had to say this, two wrongs can make a right.